Welcome to the Crystal Valley Casserole, a podcast where we introduce you to members of our ward. We are Chad and Kenny Smith. We are not professional podcasters. We record this at home. We have kids. And they are loud. And we like to eat dessert with our guests, so you might hear some noise occasionally. But we have some amazing people we want you to meet. So, without further ado... Pull up a seat and join us as we get to know some of the ingredients that make up the Crystal Valley casserole. So, fast forward, you guys get married, you start having your family. Tell us a little bit about... Well, Eliza, do you want to jump in? What... I guess you're... Are you four of... No, what number are you? Three. You're number three. Okay. So, um, yeah, tell us a little bit about what it was like in your family growing up. We heard there was a cake fight. Yeah. And, and maybe to help guide this direction, like, I always love hearing about, like, family traditions. So maybe that would be a good thing for you to say, like, what was it like? It was like, okay, like, tell us about, like, Christmases or Sunday mornings. Like, was it a, you know, how was getting off to church as a, in the Blankmeyer home when you were young? Things like that, like, tra- traditions and... Uh, so many um so me and my sister growing up we would always share a room together because they didn't have enough room in the house apparently so (laughs) come on mom and dad (laughs) so that was a challenge i had to sleep with sophia so (laughs) sleeping with her was not my favorite thing but other than that yeah, it was. Why? Because <laughs> she kicked me. Remember? She still does. Yeah, she still she's does. Yeah, she. Violent. I, yeah, she's a little violent. She's a little feisty. Yeah, she's yeah, she's feisty. Anyway, I bet she's gonna appreciate that you went on the record yes. to talk about. Yeah, she's probably gonna like that. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, so that's what happened to me, and then. <laughs> Um, other than that, like, when we got older, there were times where, I think it was Eric or maybe it was Abby, and one of us would, like, hang out with each other, and we would get along and stuff like that, and so there were times where, I think it was Abby that was, like, babysitting me, and she's a good babysitter, (laughs) so yeah, was okay, but Abby was better, so. What made the difference? Well, Abby wasn't whispering to me. She was so nice and kind, and Sophia was a little bit of a whispering person and was like, this is how I am. They have, they're polar opposites, and they have different personalities, so Abby's personality was better compared to Sophie's, so I was like, sorry, Sophie, but Abby has a better one. As far as babysitting goes, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so you love all I, you love all of your siblings. Yeah. Right. Say something nice about Sophia in case she listens to this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, when she went on her mission, I missed her when she went on that. So that was something I really missed because she left us. So it was kind of like sad that she left us because she went on her mission and then. Abby also went on hers, and it was kind of sad because I was like, there's no more siblings in the house because everyone went on their missions. Which not Eric. Well, and Eric, too, went on his mission. Eventually, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so they all went on their missions, and it was like, okay, I guess I'm the only kid at home. I had nobody else except for you guys. But other than that, like, I didn't have my siblings or anybody else to talk to. So it was like, okay. And... They've never served a mission either. So it was like my parents and I never served a mission. So we were all like, okay, everyone's left. And so (laughs) for me, when I got older, it was like, okay, now I know that my siblings are doing that. And then after that, it was like, okay, now I need to figure out what to do. And I was in, I think it was like high school when Abby went on hers and I came we came back and then I finished I think it was seminary I finished 
when we came back. Yeah, I finished seminary when I came back, and it was like I did seminary for like four years, and then when I did that, it was like okay, I finished all my year of seminary, finished all my year of high school because I did high school for four years as well. So it was like I finished all of that, and so. It was a good experience because I was like, okay, well, I'm ready to finish high school. I'm ready to finish seminary. And so that's when everyone was like, how was that? And I was like, well, that's just something that you have to do when you're a member of the church. And so that's what I did. And then... Referring to seminary, right? Like your seminary graduation. So you were telling people that you knew about your seminary graduation. Did you have your mom as a teacher or no? No. Oh, okay. No, I had... I didn't start teaching until she was graduated. Yeah. 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 Actually, after even Eric yeah. graduated. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. okay. I had bladder and then someone else. I can't remember. Yeah. I think it was bladder and health that I had. You know what Maybe fun thing for you to talk about, too, is... So, Sophia went on her mission, and she went through the temple and received her endowment, oh, and then yeah. Abby did... And then, remember when Eric got his mission call, and he was going to go to San Diego to receive his endowment? I remember what we were talking about it, and he said, what did he say to you? I can't remember. He said, would you... Oh, yeah, would you be going to the... Yeah. Would you want to go to the temple to receive your endowment? Yeah. Yeah, I remember that now. Do you remember that? Yeah. And so, what happened? Tell the story. Tell the story about San Diego. <laughs> so, Eric and I went to San Diego to get our endowments, and we were in the room. It was me and him, and then the person that was doing it, I can't remember his name. He gave you some instructions. Yeah, but he was like the a president. president. Yeah. And so the temple can pride. I just ask why San Diego? <laughs> why why did you guys go to San Diego? I don't know. Eric picked it, so I don't yeah, know. Just, just for fun. <laughs> yeah. For fun it was a favorite. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't so know that there was any other more I mean because yeah. we're from I was Cal thinking Park. maybe Robert it was like I, your family went So like Roberta and I went to or? the open house. Uh, of the San we were living in San Diego at the time or not we were living in Southern California, and we went down to, to the open house. house. Okay. Um, so kind of a special Well, we were in college, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Sorry, Eliza, to interrupt this story. I was just <laughs> curious about why you guys ended up in San Diego. I don't remember what year it was, but... Yeah. Bottom line is the kids really chose that Eric. And that's Eric, where they wanted It was to driven go. by him. Okay. He really wanted to go there. Yeah. Okay, so you and Eric are in the temple getting some instruction from yeah, the temple so presence, remember? They're giving us instructions, and he is like talking to me and Eric, and then I think I went first, or maybe it was Eric, I can't remember. One of us went first, and they talked to us, and we're like getting the stuff and everything, and so it was like pretty cool that they were talking to me and Eric about it and Eric like was in the room still when I was getting mine and then I had to wait until they did Eric because Eric had to go after me so it was like okay well I have to wait until Eric so Eric had his and so we all went on the same endowment session yeah 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 so that was cool yeah and it was fun I was your escort and dad was Eric's yeah. That's, so cool. That's pretty neat that yeah, you got to do that yeah. on the same day. And then your sisters were there too. And grandparents. And now you work in the temple, right? Are you still doing that? Yeah. yeah. How's that That's experience really been for you? I'm sure it's been awesome. <laughs> What's your favorite part about the temple? Um, going in the celestial room is my favorite one. Mm. And it's been really fun in there because it's like, it's a lot of like peace and quiet in there. And so, yeah, and he's been in there too. And it's, a really fun place because I like to make it organized and tidy it up because sometimes there's like messes in there but we always have to like clean it up and make it look nice so that when they do it they can always remember and be like okay well this person cleaned it up and it's like yeah 
Yeah. If you're if you're into organizing and cleanliness, that's a good place to for your skills to shine, huh? Yeah. (laughs) Can you? So it sounds like I don't know. I'm assuming based on this story that Eric invited you to be go receive your temple endowment together. Mm -hmm. That you and Eric Mm -hmm. must be have a fairly good relationship. Mm-hmm. What would you say that relationship was like and how did, like, what were some things that you feel like through the years were how you and Eric bonded? Um, he, I guess, he and I, we had a good childhood growing up as a kid. Um, I think he's like, He's a good brother, and so growing up, I felt like he and I got along pretty well. And there were times where, like, when I have, like, I had a struggle in high school where I wasn't good at math, so there were times where he would help me with that because I wasn't good with, like, multiplying and everything, so it was like... (laughs) He knew how to do it in a way that it was like, okay, you know how to do this. And so it was like, okay, he knows how to do math. He's really good with subjects and stuff like that. So it was like, okay, he knows how to do it. And so it was kind of challenging for me as a kid or whatever in high school it was kind of hard because I was like I don't know all like how to do all the subjects and so there were some that I knew how to do but math was the hardest one for me because I didn't know how to do it very well so it was like okay he knows how to do it he learned and he he took a lot of good classes I felt like when he was a kid and so (laughs) it sounds like he was willing to take his time to help you with that which if I can like only hope and pray that my kids will do that for each other the fact that I know that's so amazing to have a brother like that that'll tutor you a little bit or just help out yeah that's awesome yeah it's really cool well thanks for sharing that okay okay well we've loved hearing a little bit about your experiences and I feel like we could I mean, we could easily talk for another hour and I'm sure hear a ton more awesome stories, but, um, we kind of just want to hear maybe an experience that you guys had that was really a trial and how, and it could be you as a family or individually, but how you guys managed to come through that and yeah. How did you successfully get through something difficult? Y'all looking at me. <laughs> I'm going through the trials in my mind. Which one to share? Yeah. I mean, you can tell about my special needs. You want me to tell your story? Yeah, you can tell that one. I don't really know how to explain that one very well. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> well... I would love to hear some more details about that, yeah. Yeah. I so I think, I, I've heard references to it, but I don't know any. Yeah. Right. So I, I bore a testimony about it, but... I remember that. that we were out of town, talk. and we watched it over Zoom, because it was during COVID. Yeah. So, um, I mean, obviously, one of our wonderfulest blessings um, was, was a was a rough start and um, we didn't know until I was in the final pregnancy sure <laughs> the final <laughs> minutes of delivering you we realized that um, she was uh, missing the skull and part of her skull and skin on the crown of her head mm-hmm. and um, her brain and dura was exposed and it was a pretty life-threatening situation, having her naturally. Um, and we got through that challenge, um, and then they immediately took her to a children's hospital. And um, luckily I had a totally natural birth that I could leave. I 
they didn't t- I didn't go with her initially but within an hour or so I called her really okay, I was that's like cool. I gotta get out of here well, I gotta that go is remarkable because I don't yeah. even think you were able to go with Porter when he had to go to another hospital did, were you able to go I did oh you did go yeah. okay I, yeah. but I remember how challenging making that happen yeah. can be yeah so that's yeah. like a real so we can were, we just back up just a little yeah. bit do we know anything about like what leads to a skull endura not developing like i'm not super familiar with any so i had had an ultrasound unremarkable pregnancy very similar to the other two daughters that i'd already had um full term and totally healthy um they did genetic testing right after there was nothing chromosomally um, that was abnormal um they were unsure they gave a couple of potential things that could cause it amniotic banding maybe that might have got it because there was kind of an s-char like skin that looked like it had died um that they just had to debris during surgery um they did skin grafting to close um just because the risk of hemorrhaging that sagittal sinus artery uh i mean you bleed to death in seconds and Eliza, you were indicating they took that from your stomach? Yeah, or, she got a skin grab. Well, you know, and one, one thing I'll just inject <laughs> real quick is that at the time, my mom was the research librarian for a company, a medical instruments company, and she had access to just tremendous Which was research. Amazing. Yeah, mm-hmm. because I didn't know, we didn't anticipate we, this, and we had to make decisions for like her surgery fast. within hours. Yeah. And um, so, so I, that was a huge blessing to have his mom yeah. just... Like pulling research. I mean, resource. at the time, there was less than 500 documented cases of her cutis aplasia condition. It's incredibly rare. The surgeons, they flew... I mean, they had the first... It was kind of overwhelming, the first meeting with the I surgeons. Bet. It was just a room full trying to figure out what they were going to do to close it. Mm-hmm. Um Anyway, it it's nothing that we still to this day know. Yeah, okay. However, yeah. they also at the time said we don't know if she'll develop just normally. What this will happen? Yeah. Yeah, we anticipate like, that yeah. it's possible that she may have complete uh, normal development. Mm-hmm. Which didn't really end up being the case. There were some a lot of delays, but again, we had a lot of surgeries at the beginning too. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. we also were hopeful, but didn't know. I mean, the the biggest thing was she had a life threatening condition at birth. Delivery. Yeah. Well, and and because the sagittal sinus that was exposure exposed. of that that artery. And, uh, and the grafts the didn't work, so we had continual... Uh, so it was like always exposed yes. yeah. at so, risk of hemorrhaging. Yes, yeah. and so every... It was like practice, true medical practice. Yeah. Yeah. They kept trying, you and know, they did this first graft, it didn't work. They did another rotational kind of baseball kind of cut where they uh, move her skin. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, tried to do that, that didn't work. And can so, you give us a yeah. sense on like the timeline? Because I remember we spent two weeks in the NICU with our first child, and that was like the longest two weeks I've ever lived in my life. And when I hear about people yeah. that go through these medical conditions, particularly with babies that are months and months and months, I just think like that is the wilderness. It like that a is a trial. Especially when you have two older kids that. At- home yeah. that you're trying to take care of there there were a lot of layers to the wilderness uh eric lost his job within just days you lost your job? days before her birth Aww. so Aww. we were on a on a cobra which insurance, means you have no insurance 80, yeah 80 20 or so. her first surgery was like a hundred thousand oh dollars so i mean it was a blessing and a challenge all at the same time because yeah. it yeah. made it made it possible for him to be home yeah. to take care of our other children. Yeah. But yeah, but we had mounting the whole medical time debt, you're home. You know, yeah. so you have it's like not a good these home challenges, time. and then you have a, a baby that you're hoping is just going to make it yeah. through the next night. You know, yeah. because 
if a nurse accident, I mean, it was just incredibly dangerous. And needles. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just her condition. Her condition was, was so, so dangerous. Cause it's not like babies just like, like to lay in one position. No. Yeah. To, to, she had a term and they wrapped her up. And, um, I mean, but I, I always think of it like, it'd be like if the heart's, Except just sitting out there, you know, yeah. <laughs> like it was the brain just yeah. exposed. But it, so it was it months. was very very months, months and months yeah. surgery and after surgery. I don't think we had full closure until she was maybe nine months. Wow! Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So up That's until that time. point, it just felt very tenuous. Like I anything mean, could happen. The routine of you yeah. know, I would try to you know. Do with the girls. Luckily, yeah. I know, a little plug to the Stanley Ward that we were in. They were amazing. Yeah. They just all showed up, took care of what they could do. It really It would was. give me time to come up to the hot Because at that time, I mean, they were child wounds was far away. And, I mean, I lived at the hospital. Roberta did. I was she, able to nurse her the whole time. So I, well, I was there giving her... The care, and he was basically stay at home. How old were the Dad two old, with, yeah, older girls at the time? So four and two. Four and two. two. Super four needy. Four two and baby. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, there were many had stressful you, things. Had you already graduated? Like, were you like you lost your job, but you were like in a he career had a good path? Job and we had a home. But, okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Okay. So that's at least. Had a good path, but talk about the wilderness. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, financially, we weren't, like, quite stable, if you will. I mean, I I was in sales and, you know, feast or famine. Yeah. So, I mean, there was, there were, there were a lot of concerns in Mm -hmm. the wilderness when I read your uh, questions up front. You know, I'll never forget, like... Like, Roberta's parents were there during the delivery, and then my parents came... Once her parents left, my parents kind of backdrafted in. But I'll never forget the feeling, like, when my mom and dad left, you know, I was sitting on my porch, just... I was, like, low. Like... Mm -hmm. Like, I am in the wilderness with my family. And I'm just thinking, is she even going to make it through to the other side of this wilderness with her family? And it was tough. But the beauty for me... I know, sweetie. um, The beauty was in the gospel. I mean, I just knew that Roberta and I are sealed. You know, she is part of our family. She's born in the covenant. That no matter what happens, I I was at peace even though I was scared because of so many challenges. I'm unemployed. I'm, you know, trying to manage these two little girls. I'm coming up as much as I can. And again, thankfully, the ward really, you know, came my parents, my, her parents. We were honestly in a very similar kind of neighborhood. Yeah, very similar. Because it was all like Crystal newer Valley. homes in. Mm-hmm. And families that Everyone really close from, together. Lots of members right there. It was a ward. Really it was a ward where. Where there were definitely people that grew up in that case. So we were in Kansas, in mm-hmm. Overland oh, Park, okay. Kansas. But there were a lot of transplants mm-hmm. in that ward. And as such, I mean, we it was just a strong, strong yeah. ward. Yeah. Everybody's kind of there for each other, watching yeah. their back, because they yeah. don't have a lot of family around. Right. Exactly. Kind of yeah, yeah mm-hmm. so it was really good. As a matter of fact, the state president, when, when things kind of settled a little bit he even said he even said Eliza was what was needed for our stake and for your ward and again always heavy to hear certain things yeah 
But you know, like looking back, without a shadow of a doubt, we know that her, her journey, our experience, are going through that wilderness where, you know, Day's mana would just show up. Yeah. I mean, just things that yeah. people wouldn't have known we needed and it just was met, you know? Mm. But also, I don't know if you know this about me, but I like to have myself together. And <laughs> I was not together. And it was hard on me. And hearing the counsel from our bishop and our state president, at least personally, to say, it's okay if you need help, because someone needs to serve. Mm -hmm. And that like kind of opened my mind like I was being selfish by not allowing someone that opportunity. By not asking. And so sometimes when we go through our wilderness, if we aren't, and I tend to be like that, I can just do it myself. I rarely will ask for help. Maybe I'm prideful. I don't want people to know I have needs. You know, I don't know what it is. But at that moment, I knew I was denying somebody the opportunity for a blessing. And so it changed my perspective. And I, I still struggle. I, I don't always do that. But I, I do know that that's something that we as people have to recognize that when we're in the throes of our wilderness, there's somebody outside just ready to give you some relief if you just are willing to say, I'm here, you know. Mm -hmm. And... You know, I try to also remember that now that I'm in a position where I can help other people, I hope and pray that they would be that person to call me and say, mm -hmm. you know, I know you're busy, but here's what I need. And I'm, mm -hmm. of course, I want to help. If, yeah. You know, I'm not always good at noticing what people need, but I'm more than willing to serve if someone asks me, mm -hmm. you know, to do it. So Yeah, I love that. So it sounds like... What got you guys through was the perspective, having a gospel perspective. And when you were at your very lowest, you could draw from that and go back to those basic truths of your eternal family and the, the plan. Right. And also, it sounds like just being the recipient of some wonderful people and family members and neighbors who jumped in and... Yeah. We're willing to serve. But I would add this other thing that I only know now after 20, how are you? Three years? 23. Is at the time I prayed, I prayed for a miracle. I wanted her to be healed. It took nine months to heal. And I was praying I and I was doing everything in my power to be righteous and worthy and you know, that daily joyful repentance, you know what I'm saying? I was everything. There was nothing that was not offered up on the altar. I would have done anything in my power to have called down a miracle to save her. And it wasn't working. And I was like, why... Are these surgeries not working? Why aren't you just healing her like I'm asking? What more can I do, you know? I was doing everything in my power to try and be worthy of that, that blessing. And only now do I look back and see by not taking away this trial, I was blessed. My children, my other children were blessed. The stake was blessed. Everyone that served was blessed. All these opportunities, the people that I have, because of Eliza being part of our family and the unique way that she is, has blessed all of us in ways that we couldn't have received if I had been given or if that prayer had been answered. But at the time, 
it was hard. It was hard to continue to say that prayer and not receive the answer I wanted. Yeah. But now looking back at my righteous kids and having the ability to sit in a celestial room, all of them, multiple times, I know that their testimonies grew as they prayed for their sister because she had subsequent surgeries, you know. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. yeah. I also had like her nods and stuff. I know. So she's she's had a, a journey, but this journey has not only solidified our testimonies, but our children that have prayed for her and have served her and my son who yeah. she talked about with like teaching her and mm-hmm. helping her with her school and those kinds of things and like I, I and I've seen it too, like with all of our children, but one really like, one of those moments where you just feel like, wow, you know, this is so great for my children. And then also just kind of like a, a true like parenting success is Roberta and I, we were, um, mom paused for trek and we we we've done it twice but on the last one where both eric and eliza uh participated in um it was in texas when we were living in texas and and we got this i mean rough weather yeah yeah like the first one was so bad with our oldest two that that literally the hospital said if one more kid comes in these doors we're we are calling cps and we're <laughs> shutting this because it was crazy hot weather yeah. kids yeah, weren't kids hydrating were IVs, ivs everywhere i mean it was horrible so so four years rolls around we do the next trek and they're like we're gonna do it in april because the weather should be better it won't be hot yeah, cooler. freezing temperatures. It was freezing. And Texas, <laughs> North Texas, can definitely get snow. It can get cold, and, and sure it enough, rained and it, it rained cold. from day one, and it was freezing cold. <laughs> and Eliza does have this Raynaud's condition, mm-hmm. and the short version, though, is... was a rock star. Her, yeah. I love that girl. <laughs> <laughs> but your mom and pa, they came up to me... And, and share, they said, just so you know, your son would periodically leave his family and run back to check in on Eliza. And he did it like multiple times because, again, it was freezing. It was miserable. Freezing cold mud. I mean, it, it, it was tough. And in our... Roberta and I, we just, we were fearing for her. And of course, like the, her mom and pa were actually in our ward. They knew her really well. They knew that she had the condition. And you got to go in the trucks a few times and yeah. warm up. And your friends yeah. gave you the warmers yeah, for your Jasmine's hands. Yeah, gave me the warmer stuff. And so that's when she was like, here, take this. And I was like, you are awesome. Like, that makes yeah, me really good. Yeah, Jasmine... Yeah, she was like a rock star. And I was People like, oh. had your back. But it, to me, it was the fact that that Eric, unbeknownst to us, he was, you know, making that trip several times to check in on his sister. And that kind of reminds me, uh, uh, just another little story, maybe that will benefit other members. But... Um, when when our family was young, we had all four, and Eliza, this now we're in Texas, and you know we're past most of the surgeries at this point. We still had a few others, but we we're kind of getting out of our wilderness. The San Antonio Temple um, had an open house because it was you know getting ready to be dedicated and. We as a family decided to go, and it was awesome. We all went and just kind of had a fun vacation, or, you know, centered around this. And I'll never forget, like, here's our family, and we're going through the tour of the open house, and now we're in the celestial room. And I just remember, like, you know, looking at Roberta saying, this is the goal. The goal is to 
one day all of us endowed being together in the celestial room and of course as you heard earlier um you know that that first time where we were all now endowed took place in san diego with it being around eliza and eric mm-hmm. so that's so cool Mm-hmm. One thing we did though when they were little that I think is is a fun thing mm-hmm. is to have like one-on-one time. Mm-hmm. We would always yes. make sure that we had one-on-one time with with each of the kids, you know, I maybe in the course so of a month we would but it was like important for yeah. us to Bond to be able to have children. attention just for one yeah. kid yeah. and to really That's... let them kind of gear or guide what we were doing and, and yeah. if they had anything they needed to talk about. So it was kind of fun, but also just one-on-one time. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I think that's awesome. So back to the thing about Eric and just his attentiveness on Trek. I mean, I feel like your family and probably your kids developed some really special skills that they just wouldn't have had or sensitivities, you know, um, without the trials that you went through, without Eliza's um, special needs that she had, they wouldn't have been so attuned, you know, to others around them. And that's really, really an awesome part of their development, you know, spiritual development. It's really cool. Um, yeah. I, I mean, there's, there's an, it, 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 you're right because it, it has surfaced many, like, I think of our oldest daughter, Sophia. You know, she served her mission. She was uh, originally assigned to Veracruz, Mexico. She went down, she started developing some pretty serious medical complications. Mm-hmm. She had to come back. She came because they couldn't operate down in Mexico. She came here. She had her surgery. And then decided to go back into the mission field. And and I think, to me, you know, she still struggled, though. She still had little, like, relapses occurring. And she, she hung in there through her entire mission. Now she was in Salt Lake City, like, Spanish-speaking South, or whatever the mission was called. Um... (laughs) But, but here's kind of the, here's the thing is I think because of Sophia, like all of our kids being sensitive, Soph still struggled, but it was awesome because her mission president sensed that and, and at the time, the branch that they were serving, the bishops, um, or the branch president's wife, I think was going through chemo or something and so when Sophia was kind of having an off day and couldn't quite like get out and do missionary work she was in a trio at this time like she would go to this branch president's house and kind of render service Mm -hmm. to his wife that was you know coming off of um, chemo and, and again, just that kind of connection that, mm-hmm. look, sometimes life just throws us curveballs. Yeah. And, you know, how do we make the best of it? That, you know, I've seen it time and time again. And, and it was kind of interesting. At the very end, um, Roberta and I were very fortunate. The mission president, before Sophia got released, like he called us up a week early and said, Come and spend time with your daughter. See her in the mission field. So we got to kind of like shadow her. And and it was just amazing seeing like the impact she had on certain families that were going through their own wildernesses. Mm -hmm. And just that connection. And then at the very, very end, I'll never forget, like after, I don't know, is whatever it's called, like a devotional, like... Oh, he, their what, mission when, just did an end testimony. It's different, I'm sure. Okay. Mission, but so, so here we are. Before the, the 
those that were going home. Okay. Yeah, so we're in this big meeting, and it's it's phenomenal. Spirit's real strong, and now we're kind of in this reception phase. And I'll never forget that the mission president's wife came up to us and said, "Your daughter has just been." amazing in terms of setting an example of enduring to the end um and i i would attest that to you know our children all saw through the experiences that our family had going through a wilderness that you know clearly it pays off to just stay on the path (laughs) and not not you know step off if you will Mm -hmm. And, and I think it's just because of the beauty that we've had, Eliza as a member of our family, that there's been so many life lessons that we've learned along the way. And most importantly, that our children have embraced and learned and have been sensitive to that. Um, because Sophia, she she really did struggle. I mean, mm-hmm. she day one when they mentioned that you know, and I think it was President Monson that gave the age uh, reduction for young women. Like Sophia immediately turned to Roberta and I and said, "I am going on a mission." I mean, she she was dead set. But to think of all the medical challenges she had throughout her mission. She easily could have just said, you know, I just, I'm done. Yeah, yeah. But she really stuck it through, and, yeah, and she, she enjoyed her mission. Um, but again, I, I think because of our unique circumstances as a family, it's really helped us focus on when we are in the wilderness, it's okay, because we know that the Lord will always provide and one thing i will say even to this day like we have a family text that we family group text and um if anyone needs prayers you know they'll be like i've got this say prayers for me today i mean Mm -hmm. everyone really uses our family prayers like they're engaged in that yeah Yeah. and and i think it's it's just really really nice because i know we all do it we really do like all pray for whomever and whatever they have a job so i'm like (laughs) well i know if it's in the middle of your work you can't really do it yeah you're so good about praying for people at the temple yeah and doing that, so I yeah, know, I don't want to get know killed by my that. manager, so I'm no, like, I can't you, do that. But you do it after work, you can. <laughs> and um, but I think that's super nice to know that yeah. Yeah. that we have each other, um, and those prayers are powerful. Yeah. Well, and going back to like so, um, Sophia's endurance, kind of being built up over the years because of your family experience, it just made me think that one of our family mottos is that Smiths can do hard things. Uh-huh. But like, it's only a motto unless you actually go through hard things, right? Like, yeah. right, like our kids don't really have that many hard things. And so that's why we have to have a motto. <laughs> <laughs> right. Whereas you guys, like, we learn to, to do hard things by going through hard things. And so that is like a big blessing that your family has is that you guys know how to go through hard things and you didn't have to like have that as a family motto. Yeah. yeah, we had plenty of funny and fun stuff. Oh yeah, we do. Yeah. But, we but we've been through our share of, of hard times that yeah. I think there were the, hard times for me. Yeah. yeah. Like, Sophia having her wisdom teeth out, I had to help her. Abby had hers, I had to help her because she needed eyes for her teeth. So you've been on both ends of it, right? Yes. Like you received care and so you know how to care for other people. And I think one thing about your family, anybody who knows you guys would observe that you're just really fun. Like you're a fun, happy family. So yeah, you've been through some hard things together. But um, most of what people see of you day to day is just that you're a lot of fun. And Are there anyway. one or two the things that you would say are, if not regular traditions, but one or two, maybe even just mindsets that you have to keep life fun? 
Like you have a lot of serious stuff. This has been a serious conversation, but I'm glad that came up because people should get some insight into like what strategies do you have to keep it fun? One or two things maybe that you guys... Or is I it just midnight? Yeah. Oh, that's you no, and Eric. We're not, we're not <laughs> doing by midnight. But what I will and Eric know. We... That's... That's Dad and Eric's little boy thing. <laughs> but we do, we do a lot of, um, like, fun activities yeah. and trying yeah. to just, like... We try new foods, like Lebanese. I mean, yeah, we like to... But also, I always wanted kids to feel like we lived where our house was in Texas, where is basically where we raised all our kids. They, um, we lived right next to the high school and the elementary school and the middle school, mm-hmm. and so um, the the high school had release lunch, and our kids would come with their friends for lunch, oh, cool. and I'd have yeah. lunch. Um, for them or you know whatever so I always wanted our home to be a place where everyone felt like they could just come and bring their friends members non-members whatever um and so I think that if you create an environment where your kids feel like they can bring their friends and it's safe and um I think for for us too we were pretty consistent parenting when our kids were young but we kind of had to be because we had four kids under six five six and one with special needs i found out i was pregnant with eric when she was nine months old and so if you remember that was right around the time she was healing she hadn't crawled she hadn't i mean it was very much like whoa (laughs) what are you doing to me now you know I I mean it was another moment of like how can I do one more thing you know and um, so it was just like one of these things where we have we had to be hard on them not hard I mean like but just like everyone had a had a role to play you know we're a family we love each other and we're here to help each other and everyone pitches in and helps out and it's not because, you know, you have to do this chore because you're being punished, but you need to do it just because we need you, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. so just kind of instilling when they're really young that they're needed, mm-hmm. that they're important to this family, and we, we, we need this to, to help us work. Mm-hmm. And empowered, hopefully, them to feel like they, they were needed in the family and that their prayers mattered. Their work mattered. What they were doing was important. And then, you know, as they got older, I think we were able to be a little maybe more lenient. Um, I don't think we were as strict on our teenagers as most members were on their teenagers. And maybe that made them feel like they could be at our house more. I don't know. He was kind of the ringleader of some of the crazy stuff. <laughs> so maybe that was part of it. But like, you know, firecrackers in the fields. When the kids and, found. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, fireworks. I don't want to know about the <laughs> the baby dolls and all of them. I don't know what all happened. But it was supposed, you know, ultimately we wanted them to always feel like we're here for you and Mm -hmm. whatever that means um you know and i honestly to this day i feel like i was blessed with good kids like going back to the beginning when you had mentioned like some Mm. of the things that you do are because of the way you were nurtured and some of it is just your nature yeah and Mm. i i feel like the lord blessed me with incredible spirits and in spite of my imperfections they turned out good and um that 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 was a blessing for me um for sure it's my it's my greatest blessing um to know their spirits to know and and i feel that connection with each of my kids 
And um, I needed them. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Okay. On, on a lighter note, I'll say sometimes when I meet someone new, they'll say, How many, you know, are you married? I say, Yes. How many kids do you have? And I says, Well, it depends on who you ask. If you ask, my wife, we have five kids because she concludes me as one of the kids. He's the hardest one to raise. Yeah. <laughs> but to your question there, Chad, you know, humor and fun just have it has to be part of the equation at the end of the day because, you know, life is tough. And again, you get thrown curveballs and just... Just things happen in life. Um, and I think Roberta and I have done a good job at just making sure we have a lighter side to things um, and and just keeping that balance so that the kids enjoy. Th- I mean, we do things that are adventurous. We have laughs. Uh, like one of the funny stories we share is when... We would come home from churches in Texas. I'd usually take a nap on the couch, and I might wake up with oh, I colored toenails <laughs> because the girls... Okay, that's not as good as but, the pop rocks. But, yeah, but. Our daughter, Abigail, was the oh, best at pranks, yeah. and he fell asleep once, and okay. his mouth was open. You know what pop yeah. rocks are. Yeah. She found some old pop rocks in the cupboard, and she was like, I want to put these in Dad's mouth. <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, oh my gosh, they're all laughing before they could even do the joke. No. And I even woke up. No. I'm like, Abby, don't no. you guys... And then, of course, like, Two minutes later, I'm back out. Yeah, well, no, like, Abby started laughing, and I go to her, and I go, don't laugh. Suck it up. Yeah, I'm like, don't laugh, because you're going to ruin it. And so she laughed, and I was like, don't do it. Don't do that. And so she puts it in, and the nail polish color was actually hot pink, for your information. Yeah. (laughs) So it was pink. And so my sister, like, painted it, and then the pop rocks were in your mouth, and... He's a good sport. He was the recipient of most. Yeah. What was... But yeah, I remember, like, spitting it out. Kids were all laughing. Abby. Abby was laughing. I didn't laugh. I was just like... But that's the thing. Just, you have to have fun. At the end of the day, and, like, the cake fight... We did mention the cake? No. 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 I didn't hear the story. Okay, so... The cake fight... You, you said Abby's sweet cakes are layered. This birthday. has so many different layers. It's wonderful. <laughs> Abby's sweet 16 birthday. Yeah. She had a big party. She had like a multi-layered cake in the top <laughs> tier. We had saved for her because she had wanted to save it to put her face into it. <laughs> well, she didn't do it till the very like end after everybody went home. It was late, late at night. We were going on a vacation the very next day, so... The house I was had all been cleaned, everybody was packed, everything was ready to go, and she's like, I'm thinking she's just going to do her face, and that's going to be the end of the cake. She did her face, and then it ended up a total cake fight. I mean, fortunately, oh. it was this big of a cake, <laughs> uh-huh. but it was like everywhere. What was the, the frosting? It was, was a special It was buttercream, but it had a fondant over it. Yeah, anyway, it was, yeah, it was like, like the oily kind Like she put her face, really but it get... didn't stick. Well, because it had the fondant uh, over oh, buttercream. Yeah. She liked yeah. the buttercream flavors. So anyway, they did fondant over because she liked the look of fondant. Yeah. Anyway. It didn't stick when so she, she did, did it the impression. first time with the fondant. You know how fondant is. It just kind yeah. of like yeah. impression. So that wasn't enough. So she like grabbed it and then it and just became she everything. She went into Eric and then... All bets were no, she. We have a video. The yeah. fight just went, and it was so great. And it was so all great. on the wood floors, and it was... Yeah, um, she and, tried to get Sophia, but Sophia and went, poor in, Sophia yeah, comes, went into the office, because she's wearing a church dress, Sophia and we're like, Sophia came in from no. a church thing, and she's she dressed hiding. really nice, <laughs> and she, like, freaks out, because, I mean, it's like, no, man, all bets are off. She runs into the to office, his office and goes under the desk, which was classic because, like, at that stage, Abby knew, like, I'm not going to 
get my sister, but I am going to, like, torment her and scare her. And, uh-huh. yeah, and then, and, and got- then Roberta's kind of refereeing because, like, I'm trying to get out. I was just I'm, trying to contain I'm her. trying to grab her hands, and it's so, like, oily and slippery. Like, it's yeah, just... she tried to get con- me, but I got her. Then I go, okay, I'm just going to run to the my room. No. And then Roberta blocks me. She's like, uh-uh. No, can't the carpet. Go so I have to return yeah. back in. We just destroy the house. No, it was really just... Yeah. Well, the kitchen. The kitchen. The kitchen area into the bathroom because that was the funniest thing is we had paid. We had this house cleaner and she'd come uh. every week. Bless her heart. But... To the day we sold that house, there was still some <laughs> Like, Eric and I, finding cake I told Eric, there. I'm like, I go, dude, there is cake residue in the bathroom. Let me know if you can find it. And he found it. And But I don't think any of the, I didn't any, of the any of the ladies could never find it. And we laughed because it was like, we pay this housekeeper, but she still is missing this one. Yeah, and so we sold the house with the cake residue. And that was like, yeah. Eric and I, that was like our signature of... Yeah, she tried to get me, but I, I tried to get her back. So it was like, okay, you're either trying to get me or I'm going to get you back. And so I got her back and I was like, I'm going to keep going. Yeah, with that was right room. before we moved here. That was our yeah. last thing we did. Right? Yes. <laughs> the bad part of that is we had to clean everything up, which took And you guys were all like, I know you say we, but I'm pretty sure it was me. <laughs> we we contributed. You but at yeah. some point but I said, we all had to shower up. I had to clean up and then we left really early the next day to go out of town to my parents for Christmas Christmas, yeah I think I was all like showered up and I was in my PJs and I was like I'm not getting these PJs dirty you and I stay clean I think the rest of them yeah yeah it was Eric and dad and Abby that were all dirty and I was like you guys better go get clean and dad goes I'm done in the video you were like I'm done and we were like okay because you're done well that's awesome and what I hear in that is like I'm I, I am probably, like, too strict. I really don't like messes. I don't like cleaning <laughs> don't up either. messes. But I, I admire people. And I've, you know, bit, I actually don't know if I've been inside your house, but I've seen inside your house. It's very nice. It's very clean. But, like, the ability to switch that off and say, hey, we're going to have a good time and we're going to have some laughs together, I think is yeah. really, really a great skill that... All of us probably still need to continue to develop because I think that makes a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Well, so we're gonna skip the um, um, the uh, an experience in your life where you felt like you were fulfilling your life mission, unless you want to tie that in with the two last questions, which are, what do you love about the gospel, and then what do you feel like your ingredient that you bring to the casserole is? So. What is the, what you bring to the ward? Um, and so you can kind of each talk about those to like, you know, together, those two questions together, or you can separate them out if you need to. But, um, so. I don't know. I feel like I get more out of it than I give into it as far as the ward goes. <laughs> but what, what are the other questions? So what so, do you love about the gospel? And then what do you feel like you, it, what's your special, and what would you say is like The question specifically is what's one thing you love about the yeah, gospel? Yeah, that's true. Just what's one thing, like your favorite thing? Access to my Heavenly Father. Yeah. That's a good answer. What's your one thing? Go for it. <laughs> um, being in the Word and... Mm-hmm. The word family and helping and just one thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't gonna go super detail. That's a good answer too. <laughs> I will say being an eternal family. Mm-hmm. Would good. Be mine. I love this. I love this. Okay. And then what's your unique ingredient that you guys bring to our ward? I 
Why are you looking at me? I used to already answered that question. <laughs> Maybe if I can... I, I'll say, for me, I think I'm a connector, so I like connecting others and just helping others along the along the journey. Hmm. Cool. What about you, Eliza? Same answer. I mean, yeah. Helping people feel connected. I see you're like that too. One thing I'll say is, I think you probably have a a text message to more people in the word than anybody (laughs) else, and probably you're like a super minister. You keep in touch with everyone. I text text them, but I also text our cousin, which is your side of the family, which is Hannah, so I keep in touch with her, but other people I talk to, so. Checking on people. You are good at keeping tabs and seeing how people are doing, for sure. I've been the recipient of that, and I always appreciate it. If the bishop can't get a hold of the Relief Society president, Eliza might know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Blank Myers, this has been fantastic. This has just Thank been you. a great conversation. Thanks so much for being willing to be here. And I just, like, I, I love doing this because I've spent time with you, particularly uh-huh. with you on your ranch, and I feel like I know you so much better now and, like, just... I wish everybody could feel the spirit in this little room that we're in, and hopefully they get a little bit of that out of the podcast, but thanks for being here. Hold on. We can edit this back in if we want, but we skipped Roberta. Did you want to say something? What's your special well, ingredient? I thought that she said that she thought that she said it. I think oh, you were you? saying that for you, it's more what you get out. Yeah. You come and eat all the casserole? I eat the casserole. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. So I think maybe to help you understand this question, like we're not looking for like what's like what is so unique about you that nobody else has, but what is it like that you one, feel like you have? One thing that maybe, you have to offer. Yeah, maybe a lot of people have it. It doesn't have to be like the unique, most unique thing. But uh-huh. what is it just that you feel like, man, I can I can bring this to a ward. This is like part, it's, it's more of a you personality question. I'll share one to help you think okay. about stuff. I mean, I feel like working with you a little bit when we did girls camp at your guys' property, um, you are just very composed and relaxed and it makes it fun I think for everybody to be around you because um I don't, I don't know like does that make sense no, like you yeah. just you kind of to be low stress yeah <laughs> you don't get overly worked up about anything and I think there were a couple times that we sort of had to like adjust plans like when there was a huge rainstorm or you know things happened and it seemed like you just have the skill of you can go with the flow, you can adapt, yeah. and I don't know. That's one observation. No, I appreciate that, yeah. And I, I mean, I worked as a lifeguard. I had to rescue people, and maybe mm-hmm. that training just is kind of my nature now yeah. that I just, you know, am good under pressure maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. sure, sure. Yeah, I was just going to add to that. I remember Kenny came home from girls camp and there was like some toilet issues. But she said like, Roberta was just like super chill. And I think (laughs) the impression is that like you guys had to like spend a significant amount of money to fix the toilet system. But that you were like cool as a cucumber the whole time. Oh, yeah. Which seems like you don't even remember that. So obviously. We're, I mean... Some things matter in life. I think I have a perspective of the things that matter. Um, and and some things just don't matter. You know, and I, I don't know. Maybe I should be a little bit more sensitive to, like, the material things that, that... But I... I don't know. I feel like a person's testimony, their experience that they may have, should overshadow the the drama that may happen at yeah. girls camp. And I've been to like 10 Plenty girls, 12 yeah. girls camps. Um, 
because I went 12 years in Texas and then however, mm -hmm. I guess the one or two I've done here. Mm -hmm. But for me, it was always more important to have the girls be what matters. And mm -hmm. so, and I guess even with the cake fight, like I tried to contain the cake fight, but, <laughs> but ultimately I wasn't going to yeah. stop the cake fight. Mm -hmm. You know, I was going to let it happen because they were having fun, yeah. but you know, within the parameter that I could contain. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I guess I am, I am more relaxed when it comes to, to things like that, but That's great. there's very little I feel like I can actually affect, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so you, you got to recognize things that are outside of your control. Yes. And yeah. And so the that. things that you can't control, you can't worry about. And the things you can't control, you kind of contain a little bit, but you can't, yeah, there's very little that, <laughs> that really matters in the eternity. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, thank you. Well, thank Appreciate you for that. sharing that. You guys Thanks have for... been so fun to talk to. Uh, and thank you guys. Thanks for sharing so much of your time. We appreciate yeah. it. Absolutely. Yeah.